0: you know, the the people are intelligently setting these up, the designers are setting it up so that the software and like the algorithm and the whatever the device is gonna be are gonna try to improve your experience, right? It's gonna try to do a better job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the important part here that you're gonna get with that.
1: and welcome back to for the future your you know weekly bi-weekly uh we took a little break but podcast about industry 4.0 and all that that involves i'm your host mark and this is michael this week episode nine we're going to kind of discuss machine learning ai and you know why you should care what it's all about welcome back michael it's been a little bit
0: it's been a little bit. We had a little summer break there. Um, it's been good, though. So glad. to get, Life gets busy. Yeah. It does get busy. Glad to be getting back to it. And uh, we've got lots of good episodes planned uh, for you guys coming up here. So I'm, I'm excited
1: for that. Same, same. So, Michael, let's just jump into it. Do you have any news this week around Industry 4.0? I do, actually.
0: Uh, I got to check out a really cool new technology. Um, The company name is Sigma Labs for anybody who's interested in metal 3D printing, like quality assurance. Um, Very cool system. I'll try to keep this under like 25 minutes. So essentially, (laughs) (laughs) essentially what, what this does is if you can imagine how a metal 3D printer works, right? You've got a laser shooting through mirrors, bouncing around and Um, making its way to a flat plane where it's welding metal powder together. So along that path, there's essentially a camera that's in line with all those mirrors, lasers and everything else. And those mirrors are able to essentially see a spotlight and it moves around the build platform. So while the part is being created, that's the important part you've got essentially a camera system that's monitoring like temperature, energy, um, looking for anything weird going on in that little spotlight. That's following the laser around. Remember this laser is moving around super duper fast. Um, you know, layers with metal printers don't take very long and it's welding all this metal together and then it rolls another layer over the top of it. So basically the software then takes all that information from the printer, from the laser, from the cameras that it's looked at processes, all of that. And essentially it can identify, um, Keyholes, uh, you know, aberrations, little weird spots in the part, right? Spots where not enough energy went in, the metal didn't quite fuse. It's looking for all kinds of stuff like that, and essentially, this software can not only alert a user, like an operator of the machine, um, if something is going wrong, it can even feed back to the machine and start like recommending to cancel um, certain builds, w- certain parts within a build, while the printer is running, so the operator can look at it and realize, oh yeah, that part isn't going to be acceptable. That It's got an occlusion that's, you know, over the whatever tolerance we're going to allow in that part. Right. So it can you can just cancel that part. You can save the waste of material and just move on from there. And here's the plug into what we're talking about this week. This company also has built in a machine learning algorithm that you can feed information into and it can start to identify and know what issues are going to look like in certain materials or it can even identify them like as they're beginning. So now you're not even wasting you're wasting even less material. Um, I can catch those is- issues even faster. Um, you know, the operator can make sure that everything's looking good, um, you know, make sure the machine was cleaned up correctly, everything, you know, the, the argon gas is flowing correctly, all those types of things that can go wrong with a metal printer, which in the how it goes right now in industry is essentially you've got these lockdown printers They always run the same material. The same guy turns them on, runs them at the same time every day. Try mm-hmm. to control as much as you can, and you just hope and pray that, the parts come out good, right? And they're, they're high quality machines that are well tuned. Um, the process control is as good as it can be. But then what you do is you depowder those parts machine them up and you take them over and get them CT scanned, which essentially is looking through the part with um, with a just a CT uh, program, just like you would get at uh, just at the hospital or anything else for a human. It's looking inside the part and it's looking for those little cracks and voids in the part to make sure that it's gonna be safe. Um, so you can imagine for pressure holding aerospace type part that's going to be flying, yeah. um, you don't want that nozzle that's in your plane to have a little crack that's going to that's gonna propagate and have problems while you're up in the air. Um, so it's super ex- important. It's super expensive. And the cool thing is this technology is actually looking at it and correcting the problem while the part is actually being created versus just trying to let all the variables that are going to happen with metal 3D printing happen and then try to catch it on the back end, which They do a pretty good job with it, but it limits the types of parts and applications that metal printed parts can go into. And this kind of technology is going to be what is going to open the door for one. It's just to be lower cost, right? CT scanning every single part, super expensive, labor intensive, not 100 percent. Right. Whereas this is a lot more all comprehensive. So really, really cool. Obviously, I'm very excited about it. I thought it was a really cool technology to see. Um, and I truly believe it's going to be what revolutionizes uh, metal printing and brings it to the, the wider market.
1: Yeah. Remind me, are you doing metal three D printing at your current place of work?
0: Yeah, we're 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 experimenting with uh, with printing with metal printing right now. Um, looking at it with hydraulic application stuff. Um, definitely a lot of work that goes into it. We've had some really promising results. So.
1: So is this something that you imagine would purchase? You know, this software and.
0: Yeah. And basically when I saw this, I, you know, I'm looking at uh, putting together business cases on metal printing and kind of analyzing, are we ready for it? Is the market ready for it? Is the technology ready um, for, you know, our level of application? And mm-hmm. I basically saw this and I was like, you can't, you can't do metal printing in 2021 without this. I mean, I think it is that important. I think as the AI and the, um, the learning algorithm and stuff gets better and better. Um, and as companies are able to like feed that metadata together, And now that software can look at all the printers with that same material that you're using and say, hey, Mm -hmm. we're noticing something weird happening. You know, not your company, not your same parts, but it's the same machine, same material. They can actually feed that information that like the learning algorithm keeps getting better and better at identifying issues. Right. And it can like provide recommendations like we've seen this issue before. This is what we recommend. Right. So that's a really cool. That's a really cool thought. Um, for coming from someone who's kind of still learning with the technology and trying to get into it, um, you know, that can be 30 years of experience can be baked into an AI that just knows what's going on with the part can just notice when things are going wonky.
1: Good little bit of news. I think that will be very interesting to most people that are listening to this podcast.
0: I should sort of bring up that, uh, that technology has like just come to market, like in the last year. So like that is that is pretty fresh off the presses. Like that has not been available in the industry for very long. I mean like within the last year, this this company has like kind of really gone public. So or not public, they've started bringing their software solution, their camera systems, like to market. So well,
1: wow. Exc- exciting.
0: Yeah, very cool stuff. Um, so going on from there, going to talk about what is AI, what is machine learning, uh, why should you care, and uh, give you a little bit of insight on all those things. So, why don't, Mark, why don't we start with AI? That's kind of like the umbrella term. probably hear that a lot. It's what, you know, you hear that in movies all the time with like, um, you know, you got Marvel movies that are getting into it and stuff. So, what is, what is AI exactly?
1: So, artificial intelligence is like the big umbrella that covers and kind of like in this order. It's like artificial intelligence is a part of machine learning and then it goes into neural networks, which goes into deep learning. And we'll cover those bits further, but... Artificial intelligence really is computers trying to mimic human thought and decision making.
0: Yeah, and, and so with machine learning being a subset of that, essentially it's a computer program that is trying to take in inputs, data, um, whatever you're going to feed into it, usually in very confined, well put together little categories, and it's going to try to make meaning out of that data, right, and create outputs for you. Um, so think of maybe an Excel spreadsheet, you give it a couple categories and it's going to comb through and try to recommend um, you know, ways to organize that that might be useful to you based on a couple of criteria that you're going to feed into it, right? So now that we, we learned a little bit about what AI and machine learning is, um, what are some examples that we've got in your everyday life, Mark?
1: I think a really easy example for people to kind of grasp, well, two really, is Google Nest, which is like a smart thermostat. It learns, you know, when you're home what you're doing what your kind of preferred temps are and from those inputs right this is that input data we're talking about it learns and will modify the temperature like when you're gone from work it'll say okay well i can turn down the temperature no one's here no one's gonna notice notice this but your energy bills you know will probably start going down or trending downwards because you're not using as much energy as you were before just leaving the thermostat at a set level I know maybe in this specific example, some people say uh, leaving your thermostat at the same temp actually uh, saves you the most money. Did you ever hear what that? Or it's like, it actually costs you more money to go up and down all day and night. You're you know? like cool, but, yeah, you're like
0: recooling all, yeah. yeah you're yeah. cooling and heating the room all the time.
1: Yeah, But we must trust in the Google Nest uh, <laughs> formulation, algorithm, uh, smartness. But, and then yeah. another example, which I think a lot of people can relate to, is just like Roomba. So Roomba drives around and it, hits things. And you're like, wow, this is not a very bright machine. It doesn't really know where to go. But I mean, in reality, it is hitting, you know, whatever, a chimney, a chair leg and saying, well, this is not a good area for me to clean. I'm going to move, you know, whatever degrees to the left. And I'm going to keep doing that until I can drive for longer than zero seconds. And from that, it'll just map out your whole house, which is really cool. And I know on Roombas and other devices in that category, they've added cameras and even more advanced sensors that can Since, you know, when you're going underneath a doorway and in the app, it'll be like, okay, well, I went under a doorway at this point in my drive. This must be a different room. And so you can like smart select different rooms. So again, it's all of this data that it is gathering while driving around or in the nest while it sits around the wall, taking temperatures all day. Mm -hmm. And all this data goes in makes a decision right that's what this artificial intelligence it's like what would a human do in this scenario well if i'm not home i might turn down the temperature to save money um i'm not going to clean underneath the chimney that's not possible it's making these human decisions automatically
0: i think the important thing to hit on here really quick is the cool thing is is that it's improving the user it's improving your experience right like every the google nest work great the you know the new roombas with all the sensors and stuff they do an awesome job i mean they arguably do a better job vacuuming than a human does with like a full powered plug-in vacuum right they do a great job and that's i think the important part is that these types of things are they're literally their success algorithm like their out their desired output is like reducing your energy cost having people having someone not like adjust the thermostat right so maybe it's keeping track of okay how often is the human or is like are people correcting the thermostat and it's trying to like select to reduce that right so it's you know the, the people are intelligently setting these up. The designers are setting it up so that the software and like the algorithm and the whatever the device is going to be are going to try to improve your experience, right? It's going to try to do a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the important part here that you're going to get with that. And maybe you know if you want to go into like Netflix, YouTube, uh, Google, and things like that, maybe these are some some uh, you know uses of machine machine learning and things that maybe aren't quite as desirable. Maybe some people think it's great, like Google Ads, Adsense serving you up, you know, the freshest uh, recommendations based on what you've been recently searching on, Google, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. That's kind of how all that works
1: though, right? Yeah, right, because there's, there's like the ad side of it, right? Like, oh, um, I watch this type of content, I might like this ad. But then there's also like the flip side of that where like, Netflix and YouTube will recommend new shows for you to watch because you like watching New Girl. So it's going to give you different recommendations like that. And like for me, I'm a big YouTube user. And so Mm. I kind of like I don't like live and die by the YouTube recommended list, but I find great stuff out of my recommended list that I would have never normally found. But it's just based on what I've been watching.
0: And that's how the YouTube rabbit hole begins, right? Exactly. <laughs> you just yeah. start watching, you start watching random stuff and all of a sudden you're, it's two hours later and you're like, "Ah, oh, what happened to my day? <laughs> <laughs> but it's super interesting, right? It's, it's, you know, it's kind of like what you were watching, but a little bit different. So yeah, you discover mm-hmm. great new content creators and stuff and um, learn some great things. Sometimes it's just silly videos, but sometimes you'll learn some cool stuff um, just based on that, on that recommendation. So yeah.
1: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the time, like, so we have our input of data and our output can be, you know, you're saving money on your nest or the output for Roomba is that you don't have to sweep your floor anymore. But there's also things like I use my iPhone um, and one feature I use a ton of, which I didn't realize I use so much of is like if you're on your home screen and you swipe down, there's the Siri suggestions, which are a list of eight apps that you use. You know, like, so right now it's like, whatever, it's eight o'clock. We're recording eight o'clock. So I swipe down and like, okay, there's TikTok, there's Instagram, there's Gmail. Like these are apps that I use around eight o'clock. And so it changes Mm -hmm. throughout the day. So if I like, if I check the weather every morning, eight o'clock, I can swipe down and the weather app will be in a serious suggestion because it's something I I use all the time. I didn't know that
0: was a thing. I'm going to start using that. That sounds
1: really cool. It's amazing. So, I mean, there's apps that I don't use or maybe I don't, (laughs) this is probably where it started. I don't want to be on TikTok this often, but I, so I I don't put it on my homepage, (laughs) but now I swipe down. And it's in my serious suggestions right because I use it at, you know, 8 p.m. So, yeah, it's, it's just something that I use all the time, which is like machine learning. It's learning at, you know, these times of day or even like location based. Like, OK, I'm at, you know, I'm at work, I swipe down, my Outlook pops up instead of Gmail or, you know, mm-hmm. Instagram isn't there anymore. It's just things like that. So it can be like a user experience uplift. It doesn't always have to be like a financial gain as an output.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important is that you know you can look at it as the big scary overlord, like looking at your data and stuff. But in a lot of cases, they're not really doing a whole lot with it. And they really are improving your experience, right? They really are saving you time, um, recommending things to you that um, you normally would be looking for anyway, just saving you time on your day. So um, kind of the good and the bad with it. So I guess that brings us to why should you care about AI, machine learning? Um, I know we talked about a couple of examples already, but where is this all going um what's it going to look like in the in the near future
1: yeah i mean the why you should care is it's almost like what we just talked about it's just like elevating the user experience for you know if it's your phone or if it's your home temperature or cleaning like these things make hopefully you know make your life better easier just li- like a slight convenience in your busy day you know so like that's why you should care i know we can go to like the manufacturing side of it which like we've covered before but imagine you're a manufacturer and you are doing the same process you've always done but not collecting data on it so you don't know where you know efficiencies could come from by adding these types of data collection tools you know smart sensors the IoT which we've covered in a previous episode you're able to capture more data make predictive i know a lot of the time it's like error tracking so it's like oh I don't know where our errors are coming from well put in a camera system and or sensors that track certain things and from that have machine learning do run some analysis on it pop out some graphs and be like okay well apparently 90 percent of the time our errors happen at this location so then you can you know the engineer team can go out to that location literally sit there and watch and say okay why does this why does this happen do your five whys analysis on you know whatever it is bottlenecks or error tracking stuff like that
0: all the Lean Six Sigma buzzwords for, for exactly. our listeners here. So um yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, it almost, I mean, you know, when you're working in a function where you're doing like improvement projects and stuff, where do you start? You start with like brainstorming and then like fact finding yep. and like, you know, data collection stuff, then analysis, and then you go do stuff, right? So that AI yep. can almost just get you right to the good stuff, which is the fun part, which is the the Kaizen events, the, the cleanup, the... Um, the improvement the you know writing new processes and trying new things um, it can get you right to the good stuff um, which I think is really cool and obviously there's a ton of infrastructure that has to go in to connect all your all your workers yeah. and you know machines and everything else but um, once it's done it's pretty powerful stuff um, totally and agree. obviously manufacturing is going to have a lot of a lot of value tied um, with this type of you know Im- improvement and uh, implementation but as far as like what's going on at home I mean you know that Google nest um you know, all those things are just going to keep getting better, right? I mean, the sensors are going to get better um, as our, our homes get smarter, as Wi Fi six improves, and more devices come on the market, right? Think of your um, your Wi Fi based cameras, your Ring doorbell. Uh, you know, as you look at upgrading yeah. your microwave and your fridge and all that stuff, you know, there's some there could be some cool things, right? You might it, it might be really cool to be able to have the oven preheating while you're on your on your drive back or whatever else, right? Um, all yeah, those exactly. things are going to keep getting. To be better and better, more useful, more friendly. Some of it, yeah, I think there's there's definitely um, a little bit of a stigma with all the smart home devices and stuff. Some of them are kind of kitschy. They're kind of, you know, they're not that great. They're kind of expensive. The software breaks, you know, the company goes out of business and then you're stuck with this smart, uh, apparently very smart, you know, fridge or whatever that isn't so smart once the the app stops getting you know, updates and stuff. But that's kind of how it's going to affect affect the, the user at home. And then you got your social... Uh, what's going on with your your social media platforms and things like that? You know, there's some really like, I think like Veritasium or something did a really nice bit on like um, how basically like the ad, like YouTube or Facebook or whatever will just it'll only recommend you. I don't know. Rogan did a a bit on it, and he was like, you know, one of one of my friends like only searched for puppies like for three weeks straight all he did was mm-hmm. just look watch youtube videos of puppies facebook puppies google puppies google images puppies right and everything he did very soon was just puppies right so it's it's very indicative that it'll the the algorithms aren't inherently causing problems or, you know, making people divisive or whatever. It's literally just feeding back to you what you click on and what you engage with. Right. So, and that can be very beneficial. It can get you lots of the stuff you want to see like puppies, which I would argue there's nothing bad about that can also, um, push you down rabbit holes and stuff, which not so great. So,
1: so I think it's a good example that I don't think the internet and like serving ads on based on algorithms is like inherently predatory And again, we're not trying to get super into the weeds here, but in in your mind, you want to think that it's, you know, people doing good, like, oh, you are searching puppies. You must want, you know, a puppy bed or this might help your life. Mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, you know that they're making money on those recommendations. Like to yeah, you? Could like, recommend people are... like
0: an adoption service, right? Like, Hey, yeah. here's local, here's local adoption agencies in your area that are looking to, you know, have some new batch of puppies. Maybe you want to take a look, right? Like, Hey, that might be super cool. You might, um, yeah. end up with a new friend in your life. Right. Uh, so it could be positive, C- you know, definitely can be negative. Right. I think we've seen the ramifications of some of that in, um, You know, our political sphere over the last year or two, I think it's gotten worse. And, uh, you know, I think there's been some folks who have commented like, we've got to kind of figure out how to work with, you know, AI driven social media platforms. I mean, that's kind of a, that's a new thing for humans. We got to, we got to figure that one out. That's, (laughs) that's uh, that's not going so great at the moment. We got (laughs) to, I think it's got a lot of good, but it comes with the bad too and got to learn and kind of grow with it. Right. Yeah. That's what I'd have to say on the, on the social piece, but it's definitely there. (laughs) Keep an eye on it. Just know that that's how your beloved Facebook and YouTube and everything works. So
1: and so with like with that, I feel like we can say definitively AI machine learning neural networks, they're not going anywhere. The technology is only going to be further developed. It will be very interesting to see where and what is done with it in the future. Hopefully for good. You know, you see like the different things where uh, hospitals are using certain uh, AI neural networks to like predict you know if someone's going to have cancer or you know like they can do ct scan analysis better than humans can now so you, you those are like the stories you hear about they're like okay this is hopefully doing something good for humans and not you know mm-hmm. the the opposite but uh yeah ai is not going
0: away um it's it's here to stay and it's just going to keep getting to be a bigger and bigger part of your life whether you really want it to or not so
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know just kind of what it
1: is thanks again for listening as always we appreciate it if you have any thoughts on you know ai machine learning or any of our previous episodes please feel free to email us at for the future pod at gmail.com we would love to hear from you rate us on apple podcasts those really help you know kind of get this podcast out there share with your friends and uh just uh, maybe you'll find us on reddit as well but yeah those email, uh, emails open and we look forward to your responses
0: yeah, definitely. Like, subscribe, uh, follow wherever you can. We're going to try to get back into doing this once a week again. Um, we had a little hiatus here, took a little summer break. You know, life gets busy and stuff, but uh, we're back. We're, we're better than ever. Got a lot of great episode ideas coming up. Um, yeah, and I think that the AI topic is super fun. It's super broad. I mean, there is a lot to talk about. We really struggled today to only, to keep this at 20, it's probably like 25 minutes now. Um, but if you guys are interested for sure, let us know, we'd be happy to uh, put the time into putting together a little more um, comprehensive look at, you know, big scary words like neural network, deep learning, talk about Mario and, you know, computer programs <laughs> that can beat video games because that's kind of an interesting topic uh, all on its own. Um, all those things are lots of fun. So. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, We hope you join us again next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.